What if you found a blind spot in your awareness about yourself and in your life that could radically change the quality of your relationships, the quality of your life, and your purpose? Wouldn't that be groovy? Well, I'm hoping that this clip may give you a hint of what's possible. Hey, everybody, Adele here, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things around meaning, consciousness, awareness, your purpose, earning a livelihood that feeds you so you could have a rocking life. And this is something that I've not shared publicly before because I was sort of feeling it out inside myself and finding a way to explain it in a model such that it would be a little bit easier to understand. Right now, what I've noticed with many of my clients who've done a lot of leadership training, personal development, is that it's as if people are missing a couple things in their blind spot that limit their ability to to step to the next level. It limits their ability to negotiate, to create better relationships, um, to take a stand for what they want to do in the world. And I'm not talking about things like mindset, your belief system, or even your polyvagal nerve stuff that's coming out of neuroscience. All that stuff is lovely. But I feel like a piece that is missing is helping people understand the energetic development in your awareness as you as you develop in this life, that has to do with your relationship around power, energy and power. And whenever I bring this up, inevitably people start squirming. We all know that power sometimes gets a negative connotation. People shrink from it, like I don't want to be associated with that. Or there may be an ambivalent relationship with power, either my own or somebody else's. But if you can set aside that for just a few minutes, I invite you into a curious exploration about three primary dances that every human must develop some sort of awareness in order to have the kinds of relationships you want. Um, Right now, most of the emphasis on personal development tends to be it's as if treating everybody as me and the other, as sort of a blank slate. When reality, there are actually three very unique and different energetic dances I invite you to explore with me in this conversation today. And I welcome uh, your thoughts on this. It's something that, uh, like I said, I've not put out before. Imagine that you are rudely planted on this planet, having been birthed, boom, you showed up, and you are this very dependent newborn baby, and that you need to be held and enveloped in um, uh, an energy field in order to survive. You lived inside your mama's belly for a while and you were held physically in that way. And one day you were rudely dumped into the world and now you exist outside of her belly, but you are still primarily held in an energetic pouch, just like a kangaroo. And you can't even imagine that that would be your mom's arms, her embrace, that you're not just out here by yourself unheld, hopefully, that if we were lucky, we move from inside our mama's belly 
onto the planet where you were held, that there was the presence of some a dance that I would call mama bear and uh, mama dog and puppies. Imagine you've got a mama dog who's given birth to puppies, and the puppies nurse from the mother, and the mother's job is to nurture, protect. Um, keep them warm, that she has these puppies in her energetic envelope because they can't live without her. They are sort of within her belly energetically, if you can feel into that. And as these puppies mature and they're nurturing and being fed by mama dog, at some point they develop teeth. They develop their milk teeth. And at that stage of development, when they try to nurse on mom, it's a little intense for her. It hurts. So she pushes them away to say, "Uh, no, you, you can't be that rough. You now have teeth. And by then, with baby teeth, these puppies have learned to automate. They're mobile. They're moving around. They're running around. They're playing with each other. And they've discovered that they are no longer attached to mama dogs inside belly, that they have some mobility outside of her energy field. This is marvelous. And they start tussling with each other. And they're moving into the second dance where they are peers with each other, wrestling and arguing and fighting and snapping. And, and, you know, they might even snarl and fight with each other. But what they're really doing is discovering their own power with each other such that you could play a game. You're playing to win, whether that's football or or chasing after a a juicy uh, snack of a rabbit or whatnot. At that stage, when you're fighting, you're learning about your own muscles, you're learning about your own expression, what you want, pushing up against somebody else with what they want, going after something, And yet when you're biting and snapping at each other, there's an awareness that you're not literally trying to cut someone else's jugular off. It's not the kind of fighting where you're literally fighting to the death. And this is an important dance for people and puppies to learn. That you can fight with each other over whatever it is, a, a juicy snack a football game, baseball, we're fighting to win. And at the end of the tussle, high five, let's go home and watch TV or or have a pizza. Can you feel into this? That you're going all out fighting, but you're not literally trying to slice someone's throat. You're not literally trying to kill them. And in this exercise of arguing and fighting, There's a sense of, okay, we're done. Now let's go home and um, take a shower. That's the second dance. So we've now moved from being nursed by mama dog inside of her belly into the second dance where you're out there as mobile creatures playing with peers and testing each other. Where are you and where am I? And learning what it's like to Maybe win an argument or give and take and, and, and go full out without literally having someone bleed out and die on the ground. Puppies learn to do this. 
And this is a very important part of their development. For them to develop into healthy adult dogs, they must go through this phase of self-discovery. Now, this is the phase that, in my experience, our culture has sorely lacked. Because we have been cultured to believe that any sort of fighting and disagreement is shameful and wrong. Stop that. Be quiet. Sit down. And it's as if you're cutting off the puppy's legs out from under them to make them sit still and be quiet in a corner so such that things can be very peaceful. So people may think. But all that has happened is it has severely limited these puppies' abilities to learn about conflict, conflict resolution, negotiation, pushing back, give and take, snarling without literally murdering somebody. That, that tussle and that arguing, that push back of energy, which I describe with my clients, it goes out. It's not a sit still and diminishing energy. But many adults, many humans have been raised to do that. This is why the dance with power for many people is so challenging. So let's move on to the third phase. So if we're lucky, we've made it to adulthood now. We're no longer puppies nursing from mom. We've now discovered we can play and go berserk on our own with each other out on the soccer field or on debate team or whatever it is. And knowing that this is still in the spirit of play, even if it's rough play, we are not literally trying to murder anybody. So that understanding our power and energy is not such a scary thing. We learn our limits. And oftentimes there might even be uh, a model of, uh, of mama, mama dog showing us how to do this. So now we have adult puppies, adult dogs, and they have, are now about to become parents. So, but how do they do that? Now, in the animal kingdom, this is done instinctively. But my posit to you is that in, with the human experience, as people become parents, they often need guidance. They need to learn to become a puppy again and having someone else show them how to do this. Meaning, mothers need support. They need to know what it's like to be enveloped, not physically, and maybe not, maybe not really with, maybe with someone's arms, but maybe not. But this is what might be called the energy of the elders, of the wise women or men, the grandmother and grandfather energy that allows an adult to be held by an energetic presence bigger than their own, such that they don't feel completely exposed out here. And in that relationship, the relationship to the elder is different than the relationship to a peer that you're wrestling with. And it's certainly not the same relationship as nurturing your own children. It's not a mothering energy. It is my relationship with elders, with teachers. And this is where working with someone like me can be useful, a therapist, you know, spiritual 
teacher or guide like what I do, that that fills that role. Can you feel into the difference of the energy? It is different. And what I notice right now is many of my clients, they, they paint all relationships with the same dance. Because I work with maybe 70% women, uh, 30% men, but even men do this. That there's this idea that the only dance I know in this life is to be everybody's mama dog. I nurse everybody. I go around, you know, wanting to hold everybody else with their problems, their issues. Come to me. I want to be that go-to person for you. Let me nurture you along. And that's fine if you're nurturing your own puppies. But it's wildly inappropriate if you're trying to do that in um, a dating relationship with a spouse, which would be more of a peer In fact, the number one desire killer, libido buster that I see with many of my clients is when women are trying to mother their husbands. Can you feel into that? It's kind of gross because it's not the right dance. And women often say, well, you know, I'm trying to be there for him. And I'm like, yeah, but in what capacity are you doing this in terms of a king or queen um, meeting of the man and the woman? Um, it as equals as as parity, or are you doing it trying to mother someone along? If you're trying to mother your husband, that is not fun for him nor for you. It puts you in the authority position. It puts him in a little boy position. That is not romantic. And conversely, if it's the opposite of the man. Uh, I'm the king energy and I've got my little princess as the wife. That may seem romantic from a Hansel and Gretel or a fairy tale point of view with, uh, you know, it's the stuff movies are made of. Someday your prince will come. A man will come down and take care of you. And it seems romantic for a little while until you're in it. And in a marriage that feels like that, that's, it it doesn't feel good. The woman is left feeling um, she's not able to bloom into her full capacity because she has a partner that on some level may not want her to, or maybe she doesn't think she can. And so there becomes this dependency instead of um, a meeting of an equals, uh, the king and queen and not king and princess or queen and prince. Can you feel into the, these are, I'm talking about the dance of power. And so if you are out there trying to solve everybody else's problems and being a mother dog, a mama dog, be aware that this can be off-putting to people because they're not asking to be mothered. They, you know, your friends might really want to know who you truly are in a peer relationship. And many of my clients don't have friends that truly know them. They have friends that they do things with, but at the, mo- at the slightest hint of disagreement, there's a sense of, oh my gosh, we cannot have any conflict. We cannot have any wrestling or tussling here on the soccer field. We must be quiet. We must be still. And all um, conflict or deeper conversation around a conflict goes out the window People lose their voice. 
people smile and move on. And a lot of times rifts are never fully addressed. They're, they're grimaced over. Let's just, you know, pretend to, to agree, to disagree, but it's never fully felt in its full sense that we can high five after the, the, um, baseball game or the wrestling match and go home and have a pizza together, you know, or have lunch together. There's this lingering um, feeling that something was wrong. Can you feel into this? I can't tell you. And I have experienced this myself. This is why I'm very passionate about explaining these different dances to people, because I lived a lifetime of not understanding any of this. And it wasn't until I worked with my own spiritual guide and teacher, therapist, a, a number of people who were very helpful for me. They served as my elders. A lot of my clients didn't know they needed an elder to show them what they didn't know. My hope is that this podcast can serve in some way kind of like that, that there is uh, wisdom that I can send you if it's useful that you didn't know in why your relationships haven't been working, that people have been trying to mother the world, thinking that that was what was, number one, expected of them, and number two, they didn't know any better. So speaking personally for myself, earlier on in my life, I treated all my relationships all my friends, colleagues, work, didn't matter who it was, I treated them like clients. Can you feel into this? A lot of my clients, they secretly are sort of going through life like unpaid therapists. They literally are living their lives like unpaid therapists, trying to be helpful, have advice, counsel, everybody, especially giving unsolicited advice. And number one, this is exhausting. And number two, I'm here to tell you that's irritating to people around you. I know you may mean well, but if you don't recognize the difference between when you're truly being asked in a, to be a mama dog, hey, I'd love your advice. I'd love your counsel. That's somebody giving you a clear signal. I would love to just be nurtured by you for a bit. That's a, they've given you permission, they've asked. That's very clear versus the assumption that if someone is upset, I must go over there and be their mama dog. But then somehow the reverse is not true, huh? That you are feeling that no one is there for you. And the reason why is because you don't know how to receive yourself from an elder. Someone else needs to come in and give to you so that you don't start relying on your children to do that. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of this problem. Sometimes when there's been trauma or this dance hasn't been done right, the puppies, uh, aka children, they end up trying to mama dog their parent. And then and that's really messed up. Because mama dog was sick, mama dog wasn't well, and the puppies were saying, oh my gosh, I've got to rescue mom because if she goes down, I'm not going to survive. And, you know, this is not bashing mom, mama dog things happen. But notice that that has been lingering in your subconscious, that you may even have a sense of purpose in this world, that your reason for being here is to heal everyone else. 
I'm here to tell you that's from where I stand, that's, that's not, that's, that needs to be revisited. Some people have internalized this to such a degree. They really feel their whole reason for being here is to heal everyone else. And if that is true, my question to you would be, how do you like that? Is that what you really want? Or is that just what you know? What would it be like if you worked with an elder to help you reverse some of this stuff so that you are very clear, when are you a mama dog? When are you dancing with peers on a yo- on uh, the football field or baseball field and, and, and you know, tussling with peers? And when are you being nurtured by an elder, meaning taking wisdom from someone else who can pour into you? So I just invite you to feel into these three dances. This is not something that can just be transmitted through a podcast. It is a very important developmental process I do with all of my clients because people understand it cognitively, but there are ways to help you feel it in the body. And since I'm an energy person, I have found this type of work to be, oh my gosh, so much faster than traditional psychotherapy because I'm not interested in only unwinding your limiting beliefs on why you think a certain way. If you don't understand the energy running underneath everything, rumbling in your operating system, it doesn't matter what your belief is. You're going to be running on a certain um, pattern. And what I do with all my clients is to equip you to be a whole lot more nuanced so you can switch gears Instead of painting the whole world as I'm here to mama dog everyone, and sometimes this gets into confusion around discussions about the feminine, the divine feminine, oh my gosh, I want to be feminine, and that means I need to nurture everyone on the planet, that's my role, I feel um, validated, I feel a sense of purpose doing that. That may be true, and certainly there are times to do that, but my question to you is, how is that working for you? If you're saying, I love a life where I'm nurturing everybody all the time and I don't need anyone to support me, I like being the wise go-to person for everyone, and if everyone would just come to me for advice, I find my sense of validation that way. If that works for you, great. I'm inviting you into a deeper and more thoughtful conversation about what might be possible for you. When you get curious about these three dances, the dance of the mama dog with the puppies, the dance with you and your peers as puppies in, in this thing together, you know, on the same team and sometimes fighting and duking it out and high-fiving and being able to go home and share a beer, a beer together, or at some point serving as the elder for other mama dogs. And it is not possible to go from skipping, you know, skipping these phases um, because they're developmental. I think sometimes people say, well, I'll just skip the first two and I'll just jump to the third. The problem with that is you have not lived it enough such that transmitting that would, would go anywhere. It just sounds good because what people find to be most helpful is in the energetics of things, your presence, and people can feel 
if you're trying to get them a certain place rather than meeting them right where they're where they are so as usual if you have found this useful share it with your friends it i haven't really shared much about this before but i hope you have found this of useful value if so subscribe to this channel Share it with your friends. I would love to hear your feedback on this. Which of the three dances are you most comfortable with? Are you used to being the mama dog fix it for everyone else? And maybe you even think that's your lot in life? Do you have a sense of what it's like to have meaningful peer relationships where you can really have it out on disagreements? And does it feel like anyone's going to die? That a disagreement doesn't terminate the relationship or destroy the other person such that we are leaving people on the floor destroyed or the opposite is ghosting people like at the first hint of disagreement the relationship 10 years in the making is gone meaning your relationships have no resiliency they are based on performative they are very limited in terms of scope and role because you can sense when it starts to get fragile or, and, and what would it be like for you to someday be able to have the freedom to serve as an elder? That you're not trying to be, you know, it's, it's a different energetic dance. The third role is different than being a mama dog. It feels different. It's not as um, attached. And yet it serves as a wonderful resource for adult humans who need counsel. You may not need to be told how to suck on a bottle, but you need counsel. So I hope this is useful. And as usual, rock on.